Hello and welcome to another episode of Freed from Feminism. I am Beth. I'm Teresa. And today we are finally talking about the topic of Catholic feminism. Dun, dun, dun. Have, yes, I know <laughs> that was needed because <laughs> we've mentioned uh, a bit of our opinions on this in other uh, episodes, but we felt like we needed a whole episode talking about what we think about it. Uh, and yeah, just because, I mean, we've talked about why we don't like secular feminism, but we wanted to go more in details about Catholic feminism. Yes, and this is, it's going to be obviously kind of a controversial <clears throat> show. Um, so just keep in mind at the very top of the program, we wanted to make sure everyone understood that these are our opinions. We are not talking for the church. We do not, you know, we're not scholars. We're not authorities of any kind. We are just two Catholic wives who, um, you know, have gone through the or are going through the detoxification process for feminism. And um, we just want to hopefully, God willing, prevent some other women from making those same mistakes. And, you know, if um, we can add our voices to the Catholic sphere on that, that 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 is our goal. So basically, don't don't take our word for it. You go do your own research. You go talk to your priest. Um, well, yeah, like I, I love what you're saying there because it's it's not. I mean, we're just two women, and who cares about our opinion? People don't really know us, but we've not heard true. this opinion from many other people. And like you said, it's you know if you people can find this out on their own, and we're just we're providing it because from what we've learned about Catholicism. From, from like you said, like from priests and other scholars, this is our conclusion. And no one seems to be saying this conclusion. So here we it's are so presenting it. So Exactly. And it is so odd because it seems like um, our position on this subject was the majority's up until, you know, let's be generous, um, you know, early 20th century at the at the very earliest. So. It's it is odd because it seems like uh, we are by far the minority voice, even in the church nowadays, which is is kind of strange. But um, anyways, we just wanted to mention that in the, in the at the beginning, just to head the episode off of, you know, we love our holy pontiff. We will never contradict him. Um, we are just talking about how. We are going to live our lives, participate in our marriages, and how we will raise our children. But we're not attacking the church hierarchy. We love them. We have complete docility towards the church. So um, that being said, we decided to organize this episode kind of um, addressing the tenets of Catholic feminism one by one. So um, basically we'll take a claim of Catholic feminism. For example, um, there are many female Catholic saints that were clearly feminists before feminism was a thing. And therefore, because of this, Catholic women should be Catholic feminists, you know? And so we'll give our thoughts after that, and then we'll go to another tenant. So, yeah, then let's just go ahead and, and answer that first one. Um, 
what do you think about that, Beth? Like when you hear people talk about and claiming St. Joan of Arc, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Gianna Mola, St. Zaley Martin, etc., claiming them as Catholic feminists, what do you think and what would your rebuttal be to that? Okay, so like you say, this is usually when you bring up why there can't be a Catholic feminism. Catholic feminists will bring these up as an example. And from what I've seen... Catholic feminism, as they call it, is not exactly like secular feminism in such that they look at history of feminism. They take what they like and they discard what they don't like. All of the um, purely evil things like abortion and the pill. Goodbye. But we're going to keep what's good. So they think they've somehow created something new, something like uh, like a new feminism, as uh, John Paul II had said, uh, and they think that they've gotten this, this so-called feminism down to its purest and best form. And so then they look to the saints to sort of back up that claim. And every one of these saints, it doesn't quite make sense to me because they're when they okay, so when they look at these saints, they're they're sort of fitting them into the mold that they want them to be. So they mm-hmm. mention Saint Joan of Arc because they want an example of a woman who isn't like timid, and because what they're trying to fight against, I should make that clear. What I feel like they're trying to fight against is this um, sort of Protestanty. Uh, view of women where women are just, you know, they, they get married, they have their 20 kids, they don't say anything, they just they, they follow the rules and they, you know, behave and they don't like that. Um, I don't know if, if you feel that's the same. I, I completely agree. They, okay. They're, they're trying to fit the church around the feminist mantra. Yes. So when I see them do this, I think that what they're trying to do is they want to feel like they have a place in the church if they don't fit into that stereotypical, um, you know, super obedient wife, who, which is really just kind of a Protestant-y thing, if you, if you know what I mean. Yes. Um, so they like St. Joan of Arc because she, to them, they're like, oh, wow, a place for fun, cool girls who, who you know, stand up and they're a little tougher than normal. And, and, and there's mm-hmm. St. Therese of, of Lisieux for the timid, sweet little girls, you know. And there's, uh, you know, St. Gianna Mola for the moms who want to do more than just, you know, stay home and watch the kids. And there's, you know, like there's a place for everybody. But I think that's wrong because you're taking the saint and you're putting it, putting that saint where you want them to be mm-hmm. rather than looking at who these saints are. The biggest thing I see with Catholic feminism is that it doesn't take into regards vocation because vocation is extremely important mm-hmm. in our life. Mm-hmm. And why? Because the church for years has told us that vocation is a great way 
for holiness. This doesn't mean that if you're a single person and you're not in your vocation that you can't obtain holiness, but that we should try to find our vocations because they can better lead us to holiness because they offer permanence. You're always going to be married to your, uh, to your husband and your, um, or you'll always be in your religious community. They offer an element of self-sacrifice because you are giving your life for that person, for your children, for your husband, for your community, uh, and then that communal aspect. Um, these are things that like careers and other stuff couldn't provide. And so if you look at these saints, all of these saints lived in their vocation, right? St. Joan of Arc mm-hmm. was not a mother who left her children to go fight. She had a very unique calling. She challenged that calling. She wasn't like, oh, cool. This is where God wants me. Yeah. You know, it fits my personality. And St. Zelie Martin, as a lace maker, didn't do that because she was trying to, you know, do more for God or be, um, as, as far as my understanding of her, um, be like, a, you know, a Catholic woman entrepreneur. She was just taking care of her family. So I think it's wrong to sort of box these women into the feminist label that you want for them. And mm. another reason I think, sorry, I'm going on. I, I go on about everything. <laughs> One more point go, go. <laughs> that I feel like, you know, they're doing this is because they always choose these kinds of saints that fit their narrative. No Catholic feminist, from what I heard, like wants to be someone such as uh, St. Mary of Egypt, which if you don't know her story, um, she committed a lot of grave sins and then roamed the desert in repentance. Like no Catholic <laughs> feminist is like, be like St. Mary of Egypt. I mean, it's not like they wouldn't honor her and stuff, but it's, she doesn't fit the mold. She doesn't fit this, you know, woman doing what she was called with all of her talents and greatness. You know, she's just doing what like technically the Christian life is. And that is, you know, prayer and fasting. Anyway, so that's my point about the the saints when I hear them used as feminist examples. Oh, those are great. Those are really, really great points. It to me it's it's a fallacy, the whole let's take saints to fit our, our narrative because it's a fallacy of presentism. And my husband taught me this term because he is a huge history buff. And basically what that means is looking back into history through your eyes, your modern mm-hmm. eyes right now, judging history as um, judging histories, societies, cultures, norms, um, traditions, etc., through today's lens. And unfortunately, you can't do that. You can't, mm-hmm. especially now. I mean, since you know, 2021, as a, compared to 1821 is unrecognizable. So you can't, you can't take an example of St. Giannamala is, you know, everywhere. Uh, St. Zanny Martin, I've seen a lot of her lately, but even, oh my goodness, I've, I've seen, um, Esther. (laughs) I've seen, Mm -hmm. I've seen St. Teresa of Avila. I've seen Teresa of Calcutta, who was anti-feminist, by the way. Um, and the, the one that just makes my blood boil in a split second, if I see it is calling the mother of God, a feminist ladies. Let's just take a deep breath and realize that 
we should probably just 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 think about it for a few minutes before we call the mother of god a feminist <laughs> that that she she's she's the mother of god like let's just be careful what labels we add to her because specifically with regards to um an ideology that is completely opposed to every one of her virtues I think that's something there, though, because I think oh, one thing like, you know, we we um, I mean, we know a lot of different Catholic feminist outlets out there um, and stuff. And I can tell that they these aren't women who are trying to mislead other women. Um, they may think no. that's that's who we are, too. But <laughs> but they I just don't think they understand that you can't take something like feminism which is associated with many evils and just say, well, I'm going to pluck out the good. You just can't take a movement in history mm-hmm. that is that, that is still that today. Any, you walk up to any person on the street about feminism, they're not going to even think about like it, they're going to still associate it with those evil things. There's lots of movements in history that might've had some sort of ounce of good in it, yeah. but you can't keep using the name. If you the know, root is evil. The branches are going to be evil. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's so really simple. And so that I feel like that's what they're doing when they're like calling, you know, Mary a feminist and all these other saints feminist is because they think that they've somehow gotten rid of all the bad and kept some good from feminism in a in or using it. But I feel like what's coming out of all of those avenues is not anything good. Why? Because like you've you said there's no it's it's rotten at the core all these things coming out of feminism aren't really even that good even coming out of catholic feminism that is too mm-hmm. every single woman on the list of quote catholic feminists throughout history catholic women saints without exception if you're a saint that means by definition you are completely docile to god's direct and divine will in your life deeply obedient to your superiors, whether that be um, a religious superior, a husband, parents. Not It's not enough that they claim these Catholic saints as feminists. It's, it's almost implied that they were canonized for this specific thing that they love mm-hmm. them for. So, for example, when you hear about St. Gianna being a working mom, she did it all. She leaned in. She was a doctor. Oh, my gosh. Wow, she just, she, and she's a saint. That's not why she was canonized. (laughs) I mean, if you're a priest, if you are someone in authority that has, you know, can correct me on this, please do not hesitate to do so. I would love to be proven wrong on this. If she was canonized for that, please let us know. But my understanding is that you are canonized for holiness, for an act of martyrdom. And she she gave up her life for her child. It's not about independence. It's not about empowerment. It's not about masculine strength or like sassiness or anything like it's complete docility to God and holiness. So just to, and and finally, just kind of to second what you said about St. Zaley Martin, 
a lot of this is not only presentism, but also just ignorance of the facts or, um, or something like that. Because yes, she ran her own lace making business. Yes, her husband took it over. She, she, she did not run it after that. She had multiple children that were her priority. And from what I can understand, she also had servants. So even when she would, you know, go and, and check on the workers or, or manage the workers from afar, it was not nine to five jobs she would go into, manage the workers, her kids were in daycare, and then she came home. It's just not how it worked. So the, the facts are important too. And so if, if you hear someone claim a woman saint as a Catholic feminist, just take a step back, do research on this person, get sage advice about them and, and kind of know that if, if you're a saint, I, I hate to put it this way, but if you're a saint, the likelihood that you are a feminist is virtually nil. I think, um, is that that's too a- harsh. No, <laughs> no. I, I would like just personally to clear up some things in case somebody just clicks on this episode and they don't even know us because <laughs> we got the label Catholic feminism Welcome. on there. <laughs> Hello. You probably turned it off by now, but in case you're still listening, a few things are clear. Um, what our goals are for women and how they differ from like probably the, the very common um, popular Catholic feminist view. Um, we believe in helping women. We just don't think it's feminism. We don't, we think women deserve better than feminism. Feminism claims to be about equal rights for men and women, but we think by doing that, we are not taking into regards the true beauty of women because it's really trying to make women like men rather than embracing the true and beautiful qualities that are part of women. I feel like, in a sense, Catholic feminists would agree with us in that they are trying to sort of do the same thing. The thing is, we've looked at the history of Catholic, fem- or not just Catholic feminism, of feminism in its entirety, and we believe that it has been purely evil, and that any sort of good you can accredit to it is probably just a Catholic teaching already, uh, in such that you know women are not lesser beings than men or anything like that. No, Mm -hmm. that I mean, Jesus came to save all of us. We're equal in dignity, but that means we have different places. And it's a a Catholic teaching of different complementarities. Now, I don't have a degree in theology, and so we don't get into the details there. We try to look to the experts for those things. But we feel that Catholic feminism has gone wrong in such that it starts to promote too much of this secular equality upon men and women. Um, they, they promote different things for women that we don't feel like need to be promoted. Um, being like uh, mothers working, they don't care if you're a mother and you go to work, uh, if you have a choice. Okay. This is our opinion is like, if you are a, a single parent, you have no option. We're not going to condemn you there. But if you're a mom Gosh, who no, yeah. works and your husband works, but you're only working because you want to work, but technically you don't need to, and you, um, and your work per se is something that uh, takes up many hours of the week, such that you can't be around your kids. Like as you gave the example, Saint Sally Martin was around her children all of the time. Um, that 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 would be considered wrong. 
Um, so the, there, there's these things here and, um, and so we don't get labeled under the box that I sort of said before where, uh, we just, you think you can only, you know, uh, you're not being a good Catholic if you don't just get married and have 20 kids. There is a place for everybody in the church, but we shouldn't Absolutely. disregard vocation. So if you're single and you haven't found your vocation yet, we're not saying that you're not living your life to the fullest. Absolutely. You know, you're trusting in God's will and you're going to get there. Um, and even if you never get married or join a convent before you die, you know, is, if you're keeping up with your your prayers and um, your devotion towards the Lord, then I would say that like that is what the Christian life is. And so we don't feel like the Catholic feminist um, in that they just kind of praise you, do what you want, you know. Oh, wow, you're over here doing that. Cool, cool. No, we we want to focus our lives on our vocation and make our decisions in regards to that. Why? Because the church has always approved a vocation, and we don't think Catholic feminists do that. And that was sort of a long tangent, but I wanted to make things clear that we're not like the classic anti-feminist box that people label them. Or, oh, you just want us Absolutely. to be doormats and never do anything for women for themselves, you know? Absolutely. No, I'm so glad you made that clarification, and I'll just add to it. Um this is absolutely not an attack on any oh, one person. It's mm-hmm. not. Our whole podcast is a um, an attack on an ideology, and mm-hmm. not even an attack. It's just it's it's like just a revealing <laughs> of the horrificness of the ideology of feminism. So please, if you're listening to this and you happen to be a Catholic feminist, do not take this personally. Our goal is to just bring to light the evilness of this ideology and help women to detox from it, truly. And that's not just a line, because both of us have had to do that. Both of us are doing that currently every single day. I mean, every single day there's something in my life that I realize, oh my gosh, wow, that was not how I should have said it. That's not how I should have thought it. And it's, it's directly attributable to, um, the selfishness and pride and, um, individualism that I was taught in this culture that is just steeped in feminism. So I'm so glad you, you, uh, mentioned that, Beth. I, I definitely don't want anyone to walk away from this episode thinking that, um, we're condemning anyone or you know, especially in special circumstances like single moms or, or widows or anything like that. Oh my goodness. Like, or even if you truly can't afford it, like God bless you. We are praying Mm -hmm. for you and we hope that your situation can get better. So no, that was an, that was an awesome ad add in. Um, do you want to go to the next tenant? Sure. All right, so Catholic feminists will say, okay, at the core of feminism, though, we should just, um, the, the core of feminism is the equality of women and men. So why can't we just take what's good and rebrand it as something? Because this might even be a way to attract feminist, uh, secular feminist into the church if they see that we're sort of, you know, on the same page as them when it comes to women inequality. So 
So I apologize if this sounds harsh or just too maybe opinionated, but this is, I'm just going to put it out there. This is personally my belief. The term Catholic feminism is a contradiction in terms. Every iteration of feminism conflicts with Catholicism because feminism's foundation and goal is the destruction of the authority structure God created for the family. And the means to that goal are the antithesis of virtues, selfishness, pride, abandonment of vocation or duty. And again, that, that sounds harsh and I apologize if that's, if that's the case, but think, just think about what feminism really is. Like Beth said, it, the cover page of it is equality for women. Well, why is that a thing? That sounds kind of like a stupid question, but it, it really goes to the point of, so all of a sudden we decided in the 20th century women need to be equal with men. That never occurred to anyone throughout history. Women were so dumb before then. They never thought that they should ask for that. Or they have it wrong. <laughs> we, we, we have been taught history wrong. And there's something happened in the late 19th century, mid to late 19th century, that stoked a rebellion basically against the patriarchy, which we'll talk about. So to me, again, if the root is evil, the branches can't be good. It's just, it, it's impossible. So if you can take a, a good away from feminism, it's not because of feminism. It's despite feminism. Does that make any sense? Yes, yes. In fact, I wanted to say something similar about how people look at today. And it's, it's a modern philosophy we have that all of civilization has reached this point. We're finally at the top of the mountain or nearly there in regards to things like women's rights. That's not really how history works. We've been told that. So it's a little hard to flush that out of your mind, just as you've been told this whole time that almost, you know, there were good parts of feminism, like uh, women's voting. Um, and as we've mentioned before, there were Catholics who opposed women's voting, not because they thought they were lesser people. That's what they'll tell you in history class. But that's yeah. not what it was. That's right. We if you I, I, I Googled one time women's rights, they've changed throughout history. And they changed in regards to certain societies and civilizations and what was there. It was not like we finally got to the mid, you know, 1800s and, oh, thank goodness, Elizabeth Cady Stanton wrote that, you know. <laughs> it's like that's yeah. not how history works. So, yeah. And the other thing is rights. They say, oh, equal rights. What does that even mean? We can't even agree on rights in today's society apart from Christian culture. People say, oh, health care is a right. And then other people say, oh, health care is not a right. It's a privilege. What is a right? How can we even create this new feminism, if that's what we're going to create, a Catholic feminism, and assign these rights that we should have? Because it's not about equal rights. It's about living our lives for holiness in the ways that God has had men and women live their lives for holiness throughout the centuries. I mean, I'll mention St. Mary of Egypt again. She wasn't like, oh, I need equal rights for myself. She put herself before God in those virtues that you were mentioning, selflessness, humility, and 
submitted herself to God. She wasn't concerned so much about what career she was going to have and, you know, the different activities she do for Christ. She was concerned with her being and her, you know, her heart and where she was directing it, if that makes any sense. So, Absolutely. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, it, it's, it could be its own episode, this, this tenet, because you cannot add to Catholicism. Catholic feminism would be adding to Catholicism. The implication of that would be that something was lacking in the church. Mm. Something was lacking in our theology, in our structure, in everything. If you're saying that there is a Catholic feminism now. Yep. Especially when most things condemned it before. Yes. Yes. And the only one that see, well, maybe Pope Francis and such too, but you know, they always mention John Paul II, but it makes me question when just one of his, uh, you know, only his documents sort of mention a, a new feminism with no explicit details and suddenly everything's good. You know, what yeah. happened to all the condemnations that were given before? Yeah, and his ad nauseum extolling of motherhood, the dignity of motherhood, being a wife, that vocation, it, it, that is forgotten. But, you know, that that's a whole nother bag of yeah. words. <laughs> we don't no. have degrees in theology, but it, it is yeah. very confusing to me to see debates on that, too, where we can take all these different, uh, you know, encyclicals and letters and uh, teachings from the Vatican, and they just, it doesn't align, and yet... Each side so adamantly says, well, look at this one. No, look at this document to argue their point. I think that it should be a little bit more cohesive in such that, you know, if something does seem to be a little earth shattering compared to what we were teaching before, we should question. Yeah, it's um, all, all I will add to that is if you would like to look for it, there is a lot of documentation about the toxicness and evilness of the ideology of feminism in encyclicals um, and and such like that if you would like to look at it uh, dm us email us if you're interested we can definitely provide you several links and uh and books and such so to, we'll leave it there and go on to uh another claim of catholic feminism is patriarchy is demonstrably evil women have been oppressed throughout history we still even in 2021 have so many grievances that haven't been addressed therefore we need to move past it into a more justice and equality oriented church Jesus himself was a feminist, they say. So the church needs to reflect him more. What would you say to that? Jesus really wasn't a hippie, people. Like, <laughs> I, I see this all the time in the secular world that they think of God as some big man in the sky who grants wishes and Jesus was a hippie. Like, that's just not the church's teachings. And I, I can't really teach the church's teachings. Um, but the other point that I would say, other than if you really think this, then I think you need to rethink what Catholicism is, is that um, 
we've been told, I mean, I was told all growing up that, that, you know, women were just treated so badly, like they were, you know, sack of potatoes being thrown around all the time. <laughs> and I'm not denying that maybe there was some, you know, probably domestic violence or something going on in certain households. But like we said before, history isn't this straight line. We're not just climbing up a mountain. Things go up and down, up and down, you know, and mm-hmm. perhaps we were at a low point if there was high amounts of domestic violence in the, you know, mid to late 1800s. But I think women had more, quote unquote, rights than people think that they did back then. I've just heard all these different examples where people will say, well, my grandma or my great grandma had a degree and they could say, oh, well, that's only the rich people. I don't I don't think that everybody I've been hearing stories from necessarily came from a particularly rich family. I think my grandma got a degree in like the 1940s. That, according to feminism, would have been unheard of. And she did not come from a rich family. She came from levities immigrants so you know it's just there's so many different like examples that show that this narrative we've been taught is just a vehicle to promote their agenda what would you have to say oh yeah Uh, agree with all that um have there been horrific crimes perpetrated against women in the past absolutely horrific horrible crimes have there been horrific horrible crimes perpetrated against men in the past absolutely every day throughout every culture and every year every day for all of history so just because there are bad men in the world does not make the patriarchy a bad thing basically Mm-hmm. Also, if you if we do look at it through the church's lens again, there's going to be a hierarchy in heaven itself. The Holy Trinity itself is a patriarchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sacred scripture exalts the glory and beauty of the familial hierarchy, which has been in place for all of time until the mid 19th century that it's 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 been questioned very few times so the patriarchy has become kind of a curse word yeah and you know perhaps again it may be a little bit of the male chauvinism coming in from protestantism a little bit where it is more prevalent if i'm honest having come from a protestant background i can I, I do have the experience to say that 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 is that is the case. Um, there are lots of you know women trying to leave feminism over there too. So you know that's that's neither here nor there. But you know once once you get rid of Our Lady, the respect for women will very very swiftly go downhill. So um, perhaps it's a little bit of the influence of that to coloring the view of you know how bad the patriarchy is. Well. You know, I think it's in an article by um, uh, Fulton Sheen, not sure when, but it's I think it's called Communism and Woman. And he makes the argument that even in the Middle Ages, women fully participated in their vocation while being members of guilds, owning their own businesses, etc., etc. But it was always extra. You know, it, it was never the purpose of their lives. They never found their identity in it. That's that's really a good point um, that it's not motherhood is enough. Being a wife is enough. Just 
being single and praying is enough. It's all about vocation and we don't need to create these new avenues of holiness in our lives. All right. So one of the claims that we hear Catholic feminists say a lot is that every woman's life is going to be different. We do not live cookie cutter lives. So you cannot say what each woman can do. Women can affect the world in many different ways with their feminine genius. So why shouldn't we embrace that? My point on this is that that's a little too individualistic. In general, most of our lives are going to look the same, especially if we're focusing on vocation. You're either going to get married, you're going to have some kids, um, if God calls you to that, or uh, maybe God's calling you to the convent. And it's pretty much as simple as that. The problem with Catholic feminism is it doesn't focus on this at all. In a scenario that I can think of, you could have a young girl who's dating a guy in high school and they're, you know, high school sweethearts and she's going to go to college and the Catholic feminists and the boomers will be like, well, don't go to the same college as your boyfriend. You got so much of your life set in front of you, you know, <laughs> go there. But if you ask my opinion, not that anybody cares about my opinion, if you're focusing on your life for vocation and if this young lady thinks that he would be a good husband she should just marry him or, you know, plan to marry him. If she's afraid that she's not ready for marriage yet, they might say, oh, she's too young. Well, maybe she needs to start shadowing some women who are married and, you know, learn a little bit about marriage to prepare herself. If she doesn't think he's a really good guy to marry and be a good husband one day, then she can break up with him. But that doesn't mean she needs to start focusing on her career and that, you know, she should just focus on going to college and getting a good job. No, she should still try to look for a good husband. Think, you know, what did I like about that guy I used to date? What didn't I like? And then take that moving forward. But that's not the narrative you hear from Catholic feminists. Instead, you hear, oh, cool. You don't want to marry him? That's fine. Oh, you want to be a, a dentist? Cool. You can. We need more Catholic dentists in this world. Go ahead. These are just create. This is so modern. We're just creating all these new avenues of holiness. And I'm not saying you can't affect people through your career and through your daily life. I'm saying if we can't even get to the basic parts of Christianity and Christian life, I struggle myself, which is daily prayer. We don't talk about that enough, I feel like. But if you can't get your daily prayer down and you're fasting, then... You know, why are we thinking that we're going to suddenly find the best way to, you know, do God's calling through a career? That's not it's just backwards to me. Anyway, that's and, and, and in the end, every woman's life is going to look different. We're not all going to look the same just because we're all focusing on vocation. But if that's not the focus, then that's not just it, it just from what I've learned about Catholicism. That's not what it teaches. What do you think, Teresa? Well, there. Are, yeah, I agree. And let's let's look at this. <laughs> I agree completely. And let's look at this from a non-subjective point of view for a second. Yes, every woman's life is going to be different. Absolutely. We do not live cookie cutter lives. We shouldn't. That would be super boring. And while throughout most of history, most of us have been mothers and wives and etc. That doesn't mean that each one of those look different excuse me, uh, were the same. But let's look at, let's take a step back and say, okay, 
the assertion is, how dare you say that every woman's life should look like that? Well, okay, let's not say that. Let's say we need to model our lives after Our Lady, right? Fairly safe way to go, right? I mean, she's the mother of God. And so how would we model our lives after her? It would be by imitating her virtues, right? So her vocation was to be a mother, a virgin mother, which, you know, you get into the mystical meanings of spiritual motherhood, which is beautiful and wonderful. And I kneel at the feet of every consecrated nun in the world. God bless you. So let's let's not just negate the importance, though, of motherhood and wifedom. So how can we become excellent, holy mothers and wives? Well, let's go back to the virtues. And what are Our Lady's virtues? Purity, prudence, humility, faithfulness, obedience, patience, mercy. And this is just one list. There, there are actually a several... They don't exactly conflict, but I, I came across a, a couple different lists. But that's that's most of of one of them. So, does feminism help you achieve those things? Does feminism make you a more obedient religious sister? Does saying that I am an independent woman, I am powerful, I'm going to lean in, and just work until I'm dead? Is that more of a modern materialist attitude or is that more of a virtue of Our Lady, uh, you know, a a virtue in in general? Like, so to me, yes, every life can be subjective. Obviously, we're all different. We're all made in the image of God, beautifully and wonderfully made. God created us for a beautiful purpose to be, you know, to become divinized like he is. And we can do that, but there is kind of an objective way to do that. And it's in general to completely reject everything about the world. And so if feminism is an ideology that creates tension between husbands and wives, makes wives neglect their children or even kill them, you know, God forbid, prevent conception from happening, or even just not fully live their feminine genius. Yes, I am going to use that term because I think that's what he was talking about. I don't mm-hmm. think he was talking about um, what they claim. So to me, it's it's more of I, I'm going to kind of um, push back on the premise that, you know, since everyone is different, everyone's lives should be completely surrounded on what they think they should look like and well, anyways, that's that's well, that was great. My point. That was great. Yeah, I really liked what you what you said there about it is very simple. It's it's difficult, but it's simple. Focusing on those virtues, we don't need to really create these new ways to holiness. It's very yeah, secular. It's hard it's enough secular to by me. itself. Yeah, we don't need to add a career. We don't need to add independence, empowerment. Name your other keyword. It's already the cross. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, you're good. I think the one thing I do want to add um, is even if you're not in your vocation, it's still important. Even if you live your whole life without finding your vocation, then that was your vocation. That is what God, you know, wanted for your life. But there isn't a wrong important trying to find it so if you're 
you know, if you're a woman and you're dating guys and stuff, you know, being willing to make those sacrifices for the future marriage. I know the feminist would say, well, how dare you make her make a sacrifice in her career? But the thing is, God designed women to be mothers and being a mother is a lot of work. You don't really need to do anything else. <laughs> it's a yeah. lot of work and it's, it's beautiful work, but I think we put so much pressure on women nowadays in that you need to do more and that, you know, and I think, um, oh, I could, I could talk a lot about this, but one of the reasons I see that, um, Catholic women turn to like the career when they are mothers is simply because they're a little lonely at home. And I feel that too. It's, you know, if you have no other adults to talk to all the time and it's just you and the kids. But I think that we're pushing that in the wrong way. I think how I would see a Catholic woman's movement, not feminism, but a Catholic woman's movement, it would be women supporting other women. You wouldn't, be all alone all the time with your kids such that you don't have any other adult interaction. There'd be ways to connect with other women. We would, um, you know, the, the older women would be teaching the younger women about marriage, about raising children. And the younger women who don't have kids yet can help, you know, lighten the burden from all the moms who, you know, need a break or a nap or something. And, and it would just be this beautiful working together. It wouldn't have to do with, You know, what does she do and what, you know, what's her career and what are her talents? It's it's more about those virtues that you say and um, in helping each other and in teaching each other the beauty of a femininity. I don't know. That's do you have any closing thoughts? Oh, gosh, no, that's perfect. I think we should end right there. Let's just say both Beth and I could talk about this ad nauseum for hours. And so this is this is just the first installment of the Catholic feminism <laughs> series. In some ways I feel like I shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> it's hard. It really it is. is hard because we certainly don't want to push anyone away. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. We don't want to, you know, overstep our bounds with regards to teaching or even just um assuming we have knowledge that we don't, but both Beth and I have been on the other side of what feminism really is. And it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. There's nothing that feminism can add to Catholicism. Catholicism is the church of Christ. You cannot add anything to Christ. He is God. He founded his church perfectly. Mm -hmm. And I am honored to be a part of it. So This is our first installment, and so stay tuned for another installment (laughs) in the future. I don't know. I'm just ready for everybody to say that we're completely wrong about everything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I hope maybe this will – I mean, our whole point of our podcast is maybe for women to be – we really do want to just help women. We just think that there's other ways to do it than what's, what's out there. Yeah. All right. Well, please send your hate mail to <laughs> freedomfeminism at gmail.com. Or your encouraging words. <laughs> we love those too. Absolutely. Um, tweet at us at, at freedfeminism. 
And um, please subscribe to our podcast. Give a rating if you can. That would be great. I know that we never ask for that. That's because I forget to do it. But it would be awesome if you could. It would. Thank you so We've much. We've got some one stars on there. We need to. I know. <laughs> I'm I sorry, like one stars, if you're still listening to us. That we have let you down. <laughs> I know. They're brutal. <laughs> They're brutal. But anyways, well, we hope everyone is, is um, blessed in this new year. Happy New Year to everyone. And we look forward to another fruitful year here at Freed from Feminism. God bless. Bye.